up, Packers fans? Aaron Nagler here. Welcome back to Carry the G in MKE. I'm joined, as always, by Camille Davis, sitting out there in Milwaukee. Hello from New York, Camille. How was your New Year's watching the Packers kick some uh, Vikings' ass? It was fabulous. I mentioned, <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should have like some people over. Maybe we should make this a thing. And indeed, we did. And oh, the best yeah, part of it, go. Uh, two of my friend, two of my husband's friends from college came down there from Minnesota. Oh. So it was great. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is great when you're watching with people, especially if they're, uh, you know, rooting for the other team. Uh, one of my favorite memories ever in life as a Packers fan was being in North Carolina for uh, a Packers-Vikings game. It was actually early in the season in 99, I think it was, and the Vikings scored late to take a lead, and they were very, the Vikings fans in attendance were very loud and very obnoxious and in my face and I I was just by myself I was sitting clearly cheering for the Packers but I wasn't antagonistic or anything but then they had scored and they thought they were all of a sudden all that and Brett Favre just uh let him down the field for a winning last second touchdown and I got up and was so belligerent well, I mean, like, gotta let sleeping dogs lie because I will Those come after are the you. Honest ones, like when you get a chance to, re- like, when you've been cool the whole time, I'm and just cool keep messing with you, and it's like, all right, now I'm gonna show out. That happened to me. I was in uh, Houston, and oh, we were playing God. the Cowboys. Packers were playing the Cowboys. We went to BW threes, and it was nothing but Houston Texans fans in the place, but they were cheering for the Cowboys, and they were what? talking crazy to us. And we we're like, your team ain't even playing. And when the You're Packers so- came back and won, oh yeah. Lost. We, we ran through the BW3s, like <laughs> ran through it, going all like this with the Packers gear. <sighs> have to, have to. Well, look, and I always revel in a victory over the Vikings, but it's like this one in particular, after the way they came into Lambeau and the last couple of times that, mm-hmm. you know, the Vikings have gotten it over on the Packers in Lambeau Field and to see their fans at the end of the game, like cheering and being there, like in front of the the stage wherever the the pundits are sitting and hearing them chant about the Vikings, blah, 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 to see those tables turned and to hear Go Pack Go yes. echoing throughout U.S. Bank Stadium. It's just, it's always sweeter against the Vikings because they're such a plastic franchise, you know? And I know we've <laughs> talked about this, but it's like with the Bears, there's history. There's some modicum of respect there given all that, you know, the two franchises have been through over 100-plus years. But the Vikings, I mean, what have they been around? Since 61, they ain't won a damn thing in that time. And they're always so kind of, I don't know, just fake and plastic. And they don't do anything organic. Like, I just love beating the Vikings. It's just yeah, You mentioned organic. We know that crowd noise wasn't for some years. So Right. Yeah, there's that to it. And I'm yeah, so that's glad. That's how they operate. I'm so glad we won because I, I I did not want to keep hearing that horn. And I'm so glad we were yes. able to limit the time that we had to hear that horn. Uh, absolutely. Oh, the worst. The freaking worst. I will say, shout out to Matt LaFleur for having his guys ready across the board. Uh, I know there obviously was uh, the snafu by Samari Torre on, on the punt return. Yeah. But even special teams, I thought they were – their coverage units were excellent. And I thought all three phases, guys were playing with energy – they were playing for each other. I think there was a vibe around the team that was not going to be denied. And I think that's a testament to Matt LaFleur because no doubt they've had a rough couple of weeks on defense, especially uh, the last three or four weeks. And the performance they had, um, again, as a team, mm-hmm. it was really encouraging because that's the kind of effort and togetherness and vibe you want to see coming into a game where you got to win and get in the playoffs and hopefully make a run. That's what 
that's what you have to have. And you definitely saw it on Sunday night. Yeah, especially when around your team, you just had to suspend your your best cornerback, the highest paid cornerback in NFL. Like there was a lot of noise around the Packers this week going into this game, which was a do or die game for the Green Bay Packers. And to your point, the guys came out and they played together. They looked under control. I mean, it was such a sharp difference in this game against the Vikings than the last time we played them. Yeah. Like the last time we played the Vikings, we had more penalties than points. And That's this time good, around, that is well remembered. You Very know good what point. I'm saying? Like I went back and rewatched that first Minnesota game, and I was just like, our offense has gotten so much better since this point. Yeah. Jordan loves command of being able to control the offense, be able to identify blitzes, the offensive line being able to pick up everything, receivers running right routes and catching the ball like that first game in Minnesota compared to this one looks completely night and day oh absolutely I mean the fact that they had what six drops and that's if you're being generous probably counted for a few more uh in that first contest and it's incredible you talk about Jordan Love and knowing where to go with the football I mean think about how many dudes he's down at the skill position player the skill positions heading into that game without you know Watson without Mm -hmm. Musgrave you've got Reed back thankfully but no Wicks who's been incredibly dependent dependable um, it was just great to see him not only be able to distribute to whoever was open and know exactly where to go, whether it is Tucker Craft in the flat, whether it's Malik Heath on a third down conversion. Like he just knew exactly where to go with the ball. There was hardly ever a yep. moment where he didn't seem to have answers. And again, that is a testament to Matt LaFleur as far as the game plan goes and knowing the tendencies of the Vikings and their really heavy blitzing ways didn't seem to rattle Jordan never seemed to rattle the offensive line, the protection unit in general. I mean, that's just now that's just outstanding work from everyone against a team that, you know, caused them a lot of problems last time around, not even like the receivers, just the protection period aspect of it. They got after the Packers pretty damn well last time around. And there mm-hmm. were just nothing close to that on Sunday night. Nothing at all. And we've talked about it before on Carry the G in the past about how the Packers kept finding themselves in situations where it's like, can you pass this test? Like you're, you mm. you have your cheat sheet. You got your notes here. <laughs> like, can you actually do it? And they did. Like, I love to see that this Packers team the second time around seems to have found ways to improve over those other games. Like we saw it with Detroit. We saw it now with Minnesota. I mean, we beat Chicago the first mm-hmm. time. So you hope to see that that continues. But I absolutely love the performance that we had. And you mentioned the fact that we had Reed and that was only for a half. And Reed came in and completely dominated in his one half of football. That first touchdown, that love threw down the scene where he's jumping in the, like, again. I know the scissor kick from love on the throw is hilarious. (laughs) I love that. And I also adore the fact that Reed is so, he knows exactly where the hole in the zone is and that he's got the linebacker beat the deep drop in the cover two, and he legit throws up his arm before he's even cleared the coverage, but he knows he's about to come screaming wide open, and Love sees it at the exact same time and yep. throws with anticipation. That's it was oh, beautiful. Gorgeous. It was beautiful. Just gorgeous. And, and his second touchdown, that was like Love put it in the perfect place for Reed on the first one, but that second touchdown, Reed made something out of a lot of nothing, mm-hmm. forced some missed tackles, and then continued to fight through like – a great Two first more half attempts, from... right? Exactly. Man, and Bo Melton. We got to talk about Bo. Shout out Bo Melton. Come on. I mean, this is two weeks in a row now. Yeah. Like, it's not just a one game wonder kind of thing because you saw his output down in Carolina. You know, that des- desperate need of another wide receiver. He mm-hmm. steps Bo Melton off the practice squad, and you think, okay, job well done. 
But, you know, we've heard Matt LaFleur talk about this, and it's very, very true. It's like you set the standard. The, the key to becoming a regular contributor is, okay, can you find consistency with that? Like, I don't think he's polished. I don't think he's arrived. But right. he's certainly shown between the Panthers game and now the Vikings game, he he can contribute. Like, he can probably be a guy that you're going to throw in to the rotation. I don't think he's going to be featured. I don't think he's, you should expect huge things from him. But, man, the, nothing phases the guy. Like, that drop that he had early on fourth down, I, we, I would not have been surprised if he kind of went into a shell or kind of seemed somewhat down on himself or maybe let it rattle him. That certainly wasn't the case because he no. kept coming and kept delivering and producing. I, I love this kid, and I love his story. Yeah, I love it. I also love the fact that his name is Bo, and he wears number 80, so it looks kind of like he's wearing his name on his – random, so random. Good. So good. <laughs> but, I mean, the first 100-yard receiver, Bo Melton, like who, who – Oh, as we all thought? predicted back who in uh, training camp. And the fact that it took till week 17 for them <laughs> to even have a 100-yard right. receiver in a game. I mean, it does speak to how much they spread the ball around, you know. I think it also speaks to guys being hurt quite a bit. But, yeah, yeah the fact that he got over 100 yards on the final third down shot from Sean Clifford, Clifford. Just, to, just to rub it in their faces a little bit. Oh, that's – I mean, I, I absolutely love that. Yeah, my favorite part about that was uh, the, the Minnesota people who we had here. They oh, boy. Like, Why is Bo always open? How is this guy <laughs> continuously open? He's open again. He's open yeah. again. Well, I think – I don't think there's a doubt that they were underestimating his speed. I mean, the kid ran a four three. You know, it's he's got legit speed, and it looked like the Vikings were pretty caught by surprise in that aspect. Yeah, and I mean, listen, they were caught by surprise by Bo, but they knew what Aaron Jones could do, and yet and still, mm-hmm. here comes Aaron Jones doing what he does. Like I, over the last two games, when how we have a healthy Aaron Jones, like I don't think it's any surprise that the Packers have scored at least thirty points in the last two with Aaron Jones healthy, and in the lineup. Like, he's averaging, I think, over 120 yards over the last two games alone. Like, he has been fantastic since he's been back. No doubt. I mean, he is a key to unlocking the offense. And we've said that for years. It's nice to see Matt LaFleur get on board and give him the football. Um, And it was interesting. I'm glad you brought up Aaron Jones because it's clear that when he's on the field, it's a huge difference for the Packers mm-hmm. offense there's no doubt about it and the compl- the whole narrative around Jones this season has been about his health right as far as how dominant he looked in that first game hurts his hamstring misses a bunch of time and even since coming back from that he's been in and out limited snap on a snap count what have you these last two games as a full participant we've seen the difference he's made but if you watch that game again and maybe you caught it live nearly uh, I want to say every play in the second half He's post-play after a run looking at the sideline and either giving them thumbs up or, no, I get tap out. I got I need a breather. Like, you can tell they've given him ownership of when he's going to be on the field. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of the situation, they're saying, Aaron, let us know uh, when you need a break. And I love that. Like, that feels different than what we've seen before in the past yep. with Aaron Jones, where we had questions like, what's up with the usage of where Aaron Jones? Where is he? Right. Exactly. Right. So this, I hope that this continues where it's Jones kind of being able to dictate like what his body needs in that particular moment. And on top of that, we know Jones trusts the guys who are behind him as well. We know the relationship he has with Dylan. We know how he feels about him and he trusts the other guys behind him as well. So I really enjoyed that. Just again, I hope I saw him with icing his knee or something like that right. during the game. Yeah. So I hope 
something too serious as we head into this <sighs> week 18. Always something. Know. Always something. Hey. Kind of worry about injuries all the time, every time. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we've talked a lot about the offense. Let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. And, hey, look, you can only play the guys in front of you, right? Yep. And they were facing a rookie quarterback, and I don't think anybody was feeling great heading into this matchup if you're a Packers fan, only because of Joe Barry's track record, not only this season but throughout his tenure in Green Bay, of making rookie, no-name, journeyman quarterbacks have – like look amazing and have the best day of their career every time they face the Packers. So it was encouraging and somewhat of a relief to see the Packers take care of business. Like I I don't want to put too much stock in it because I know the the Vikings don't really have a quarterback after cousins went down. Right. But I will say that's what you're supposed to do. It's good to see the Packers take care of business. You're supposed to make that rookie quarterback look completely overwhelmed, which is exactly what he looked. You know, I, I was just – it was nice to finally see a defense take advantage of a, an opponent it should be taking advantage of. Absolutely, because after seeing what this defense did against Detroit and then the Chiefs, you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, we, we're, we're cooking now. We figured something out. Found a way of working, out. right. And the next thing you know, here comes Tommy DeVito. Jesus <laughs> cooking us up like, like the cutlets that he so much <sighs> enjoys to eat. We got cooked <laughs> – and then here Cooked. comes Baker Mayfield. You know what I'm saying? Cooked. So at this point, yes. you're sitting here. And then even uh, against the Panthers, where you're looking Bryce at Bryce Young. Bryce has Young, a second like, half for the ages. Exactly. So I com- I was also one of those people who going into this game was like, I don't know what to expect from this defense. Like, right. we've seen them play very well against good comp with Detroit and with Kansas City. And then we've seen them play complete stinkers against games where you're like, this defense should take care of business. It's advantageous for the defense in this matchup. And they still didn't come through. So to see them do what they're supposed to do against this Vikings team with a court, like you mentioned, they didn't really have a court. Like, let's let's keep it real. Like they don't they didn't have any like it's not Kirk Cousins back there this time around. So it's a different dynamic. And they took care of it and they pressured them. Blitzes. Stunts like it was beautiful just to see how many ways they were able to confuse and get into his head, as well as uh, Nick Mullins in the second half. Like, let's just continue dialing this up. And we knew that the Vikings didn't have a strong run game coming into this game, and then they got down big early. Yes. So we knew take that it was going to be passing out, situations, right? Yeah, and they took to advantage it. of it. You absolutely love to see it, and yeah, the fact that they did a little bit more to get them behind the sticks as far as putting them in really bad down and distances with early pressure, like whether it was Nixon from the slot, Quay Walker up the middle, there were a few more wrinkles. And then of course, Preston Smith just having like a dynamite night, just destroying their best tackle that you like, that was for me, the difference where you finally utilize some of your pressure stuff early on early downs to get them behind the sticks. Cause you know, this kid's not going to convert on a second and 30 or a second and 28 or whatever. Now they still gave up chunks of yardage on second and long because that's who they are. But you know, there's no real threat once they're in that situation with Hall under center. And to your point, by the time Mullins comes in, like you have to play her catch up. You know, you've got to yeah. try. If you're the Vikings, you got to try and push the ball down the field, which actually plays into the Packers hands with how they traditionally play the too high shell. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to see them, like I said, take care of business, which is going to be necessary on Sunday against a oh, resurgent Chicago oh, Bears team. I mean, I love that we're bookending this season with the Bears. Like, I absolutely adore it, and especially because of how well the Packers have played on offense the last, like, six, seven weeks. 
coupled with how well the Bears have played on defense in almost kind of the same time frame. Mm-hmm. I know the conversation in Chicago is much about Justin Fields and what they're going to do with the quarterback position, which is understandable. But to me, the real story of their season is the trade for Montez Sweat and Eberflus taking over play calling on defense. Those two factors have really turned them around defensively, and they are a very, very tough unit, much tougher than the team we faced back in week one. And I am fascinated. You talk about passing tests. It's a huge one. This, I mean, the stakes are high. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love, at least he's at home. You know, he's got probably, hopefully, use of his cadence, try and utilize some of that to get them to tip their hand a little bit, maybe take advantage of some things. But this is a very, very different unit and a very, very different defense than the one Love and company shredded back in week one. It truly is. It truly is. And the Packers offense is a bit different as well since that week one game. And that was the game where we came out and put a bunch of points up on the board. Right. But it's interesting too thinking about the Bears because on defense, they're actually pretty young in their secondary. And then they had like new linebackers. So they were adjusting as well during that time period. And I think you've seen with that Bears defense, especially with the addition of Sweat coming in, um, they're building their chemistry, getting to know how to play with each other a little bit better, figuring things out in the same way that we saw with this Packers offense, where it's like, we're learning. There's a lot of young players here. We have to figure things out. So it's... (laughs) You couldn't you couldn't script this any better, right? Nope. Like the Bears don't have anything to play for. We know they're not making the playoffs, and yet and still they have been on a pretty good streak. I believe they won like five of their last seven Six at this point. Or seven, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's been a really clean game, and I did look it up because I just we got we got to throw a little little bear shade. Come on now, just a little bit. So we know the Bears aren't making the playoffs this year. That'll be the third year in a row that they haven't, and the eleventh time in the last thirteen seasons where they haven't been in the playoffs, but. I don't think that makes them any less dangerous in that game. It's kind of interesting when a team has, quote unquote, nothing to play for in regards to playoff positioning and whatnot, because now it's just like, well, I'm not going to be going to the dance. I don't want you to go either. I'm going to be on some hater stuff. Like, I'm going to play as hard (laughs) as I can because I don't want y'all in there either. And we also know that the Packers have been a measuring stick for the Bears for years. So this is a big one. Justin Fields has never beat the, uh, the Green Bay Packers. And I hope that trend continues this weekend. Yeah, speaking of fields, he has played somewhat better. I think clearly yeah. the defense has helped put them in better positions. He hasn't needed to drive, you know, long fields or what have you. He's made some plays. He's made some plays with his legs. He's had a throw or two to DJ Moore that has, you know, produced good things. I still don't see a guy that you want to build around long term, but maybe the Bears make a different decision. You know the Bears, they'll they'll screw it up. It's the quarterback <laughs> position. They don't know what they're doing. But I will say, I am fascinated to see how the Packers approach this offense with Jair Alexander back in the lineup. Yeah. He, you know, he played a decent game the, the first week. But what's fascinating, you talk about, like, the struggles they had on defense, like that stretch, the Giants, the, the Buccaneers, and even against the Panthers. I mean, when Jair got back in the lineup, they played a lot of man coverage. They played a lot more cover one, and they got shredded, and Jair included by the Panthers of all people, right? And then you turn it around and you look at this game against the Vikings on Sunday night, they played a ton of zone, almost exclusively zone looks. I got to think that, you know, that was obviously in response to having Valentine and Valentine out there. You don't probably ask them to play as much man as you would with Stokes and Jair, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if they keep that approach, the zone heavy approach. Because look, it did 
good things for them at the end of last season. Your eyes on the quarterback. You saw how many picks they had towards the end of the year in 2022. I do wonder if he goes, Barry goes heavy zone this time around as well, just to kind of keep that mode of working. Because I know you want Jair Alexander to match up against DJ Moore as a fan. We're saying, you know, that's the one-on-one we want to see. And I know they had some success with that against the Vikings in Lambeau last year, right, when we saw Jair travel with Jefferson. But I'm, again, I'm fascinated to see how they approach it. But I would suspect we're probably going to see a healthy amount of zone and the off coverage and then picking their spots as far as when to send pressure. I mean, and we know that's how Joe Barry prefers to run his defense anyways. He would love to give you a heavy dosage of zone looks, but we know that Jair prefers to be able to play some man coverage. So that balance, like you mentioned, is going to be really interesting to see. And again, this is a week where Jaw's coming back off suspension. He was in the news a lot for reasons that you don't want to have your name being a distraction or anything like that. So I'm pretty sure Jaw's going to be juiced up himself. And honestly, him having a week off, I know the time frame of everything, of course, it was a very crucial game for the Packers, but we know he's been battling injuries as well. And another week off might actually have done him some good to not be getting his body beat up again, because at this point in the season, everyone's dealing with something. So being able to have a couple extra days off should help. And I would hope that with Ja back into the lineup, um, I do hope that I wish I wouldn't have said before, but we've seen how it worked. But uh, that, you know, the the zone looks come back and that if if you do start having problems with that, then you can you can switch there. You can you can pivot. But uh, having Ja does give you the flexibility to do both of those things a little bit better. Yeah. And you can combine the two. I mean, there, there are exactly, yeah. calls where you can have zone on one side and man on the other and things of that nature. And maybe they get utilized some of that. We've seen that in the past. Um, not a ton this year, but they haven't really had Jair available much of the year. Right. So that that's, uh, I, again, I, to me, it's one of the most interesting aspects of this game to see how they approach DJ Moore because he's been their playmaker uh, in the passing game, right? I mean, that's the guy Fields looks to. And if you can take him away in any kind of real sense, then you got to deal with his legs, but hopefully you're you're prepared for that. Um, Camille, I cannot wait for this game. Where are you watching? Are you watching at home or are you going out for this one? I think I'm watching at home. So uh, Tech File – Three of us are Packers fans, and we have a Bears fan on the show. And we put a wager down on this week's show. So I think we might have to try to find a way to watch that as a as a full podcast here. But I'll go. probably be probably be home or somewhere somewhere at someone else's home. There you go. There you go. Somewhere you can be loud and obnoxious exactly. and in a Bears fan's face. That's what it's yes. all about. That's the goal. Uh, let the folks know where they can find you here on this internet. For sure. Uh, once a week, Technical File Podcast, that's T-E-C-K-N-I-C-A-L. Uh, we cover NFL, NBA, and pro wrestling. Once a week, the show for this week just dropped. We record it live on YouTube every Tuesday, so you can also come and be part of the show. Drop in the comments, and we'll respond to you live there as well. And then Monday through Friday, you can find me on Locked on Bucks, talking all things Milwaukee Bucks. We end the week this week with the back-to-back. First, the Pacers up again, and then we go play the Spurs. So it'll be a fun close to the week. Awesome. Absolutely love it. My Bucks, baby, my Bucks. Yes. I love my Bucks. I've watched maybe like five minutes this this season. But you know what I say. It's like, hot it, for you. Nothing it is hot. But nothing really matters until Christmas anyway in the NBA. So now I'll get I'll get, you know, football season will end and I'll get 
more hardcore into it. But right now they're just my books and I love them. It's like, <laughs> it is funny watching all the drama on Twitter sometimes, though. Oh, my gosh. It's like every game is so reactionary. It's I like, know. It's 82. crazy to me. I always want to say there are like 100 games yeah. left. Relax. It's just so funny to me. I love it. All right, Camille, can't thank you enough. Talk to you next week. For go sure. Pack Go.